Good morning, and we are joined once again on the program by State Senator Gene Lysing. Good morning to you, Senator Gene. Good morning, Tom. And, of course, the uh, Indiana legislature uh, back in session uh, last week and uh, had uh, yesterday off because of the Martin Luther King Day holiday. But, uh, you know, a lot uh, going on in that first week, uh, Senator Lysing. 370 bills filed in the Senate and, uh, conversely, 334 bills in the House. And uh, can you kind of give us a, a review of uh, last week uh, from your vantage point, please? Well, right. Uh, first of all, I will tell you, Tom, that that number will increase yet. Uh, for bills filed by uh, both the Senate and the House because uh, they don't appear on the file list until the Senate President Pro Tem assigns them to a committee or the Speaker of the House assigns them to a committee. So I anticipate that it'll be close to 500 maybe for each. Um, so we'll see, but uh, that's what I would estimate. Um, it, it, uh, it's an interesting beginning of session always because senators are scrambling to get their bills all filed. We did have a deadline of last uh, Thursday to have bills filed, but then that, that gives the pro tem a little bit of time to get them assigned. So sometime this week, we will actually know the exact number of bills filed. Now, when bills are filed, it doesn't mean that they're going to get a hearing because every individual chairman um, that hears that has a committee, uh, will determine which bills he thinks are relevant and important enough to receive a committee hearing this year, this session. So I have filed, personally, I filed 13 bills, and I anticipate that uh, at least half of those bills will get a hearing. Um, so we'll see. Um, my, the bills I filed uh, deal, I have education bills, I have utilities bills, I have uh, other, uh, a few other miscellaneous bills, uh, I have an ambulance bill, uh, you know, there's, they, it just um, depends on those chairmen whether or not they will, they will hear the bills. Now, the ones that I know of this week of my bills that are already scheduled, uh, today I have a uh, it's the utility-type bill. It's been assigned to the Transportation Committee. But uh, what it requires is that our BMV, our Bureau of Motor Vehicles, actually uh, will have to report annually to the IURC, the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission, the number of registered electric cars by county. And the reason for that is we have um, electric companies now that, very frankly, are worried about the demand on the electrical grid by the charging of electric cars. And so uh, somebody needs to get a handle on how many there are in each area of the state uh, that draws on the electric system. MISO, M-I-S-O, uh, is the regional or transmitter of electric that determines where electric flows from to uh, about 15 states and one province in Canada, and um, they are actually concerned about the power grid. They say that we have about a 20% chance right now uh, within the 15 states of having a brownout or a blackout, and none of us want to hear that. And people might say, why would that be? Well, it happens that um, some of our dependable um, generation of electricity, uh, both coal and gas, 
has had a lot of pressure because of the renewables. Uh, and so as a result, um, we are seeing some what I call premature closure of coal-fired plants especially. And as a result, um, we are seeing uh, a less dependable electric grid or reliability. And so anyway, so that bill is going to get heard today in um, Transportation Committee. And actually, I mean, it's not that it's against electric cars. It's like saying if we're going to have electric cars, we need to make sure that there's the electrical power to, in fact, charge those cars um, from from the grid. So anyway, and then I have a, a bill Wednesday, an education committee, that does one simple thing. It just says that the companies that have contracts with the state of Indiana uh, in regard to the standardized testing have to provide a simple summary of the uh, test results that's easy to uh, understand for parents and teachers because currently I believe that the uh, summary that's provided to parents and even to teachers isn't as simple and probably takes entirely too long to look at it at a glance and determine whether your student and your family is doing well in math or reading or whatever. And then on Thursday, I actually have a bill that addresses um, some new language that the Department of Natural Resources got in uh, their agency bill last year that requires our floodplain maps used in Indiana are actually Indiana-drawn maps, uh, which are more stringent or restrictive or DNR would say more protective than the federal maps. And so my concern is is that we have some folks that are in uh, basically a floodplain that don't even know that it's in a floodplain. And, uh, and it could certainly dampen their efforts to build or to get a building permit for any kind of a structure. So anyway, um, those are things that directly I'm impacted by. Um, I understand that tomorrow in health committee, uh, Dr. Box and uh, former Senator Luke Kenley, who is actually um, been a part of the health commission uh, that has been working on whether or not uh, we need a revamping of local county health departments. And that's going to be a bill that you're going to probably hear a lot about. Um, it's my understanding that it's going to be optional for each county. But if a county, uh, if the bill passes, and if a county wants to participate, they will get additional state funding for the county health department. So um, that's always a tough one because uh, for certain counties, they'll say they don't want more government involvement. Uh, and yet, you know, there are certain issues like we know right now that childhood immunizations are way down. And uh, I would suppose that that is a direct relationship to the fact that people, some people were afraid of the COVID vaccine, and so they're lumping all vaccines together. And there's really not a problem at all with the childhood vaccines. Uh, but there could be a problem if we have enough children that aren't vaccinated. We could end up with kids uh, 
that are actually, um, you know, coming down with mumps and and uh, measles and chickenpox. So we really don't want that. So anyway, I think it's going to be um, there's going to be some interesting discussions. And then, of course, uh, Tom, you've probably seen uh, that they're going to be looking at some various tax changes. Uh, I think at least discussions. And I am not on appropriations or tax and fiscal. So I'm kind of waiting to see myself the details of what they're going to try to push for there. All right. And then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out. We'll continue our conversation with State Senator Gene Lysing right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our chat with State Senator Gene Lysing. And, uh, Senator, of course, uh, we, we talked about the uh, start of the legislature, uh, legislative session uh, in our first segment. And it seems like uh, a lot happened last week between, uh, you know, the uh, the state office holders being sworn in, the governor's uh, stay of the state, and also uh, Chief Justice uh, Loretta Rush's stay of the judiciary. That's right. And uh, I did attend uh, the swearing-in of the new statewide office holders, and it was, uh, frankly, very well attended by people from all over the state. Uh, so, um, you know, I think we're all wishing them well in uh, continued success in, in our state functioning better, perhaps, in state. So, so we'll see. Um, the governor, uh, I was, of course, attended the, his state of the state, and... Um, he was very generous in, uh, in saying what programs we were going to fund. So I think, um, you know, whether or not our legislative uh, leadership and the House Ways and Means and the Senate Appropriations will agree with all of those um, offerings or whatever um, will be interesting for even me to see because uh, it, it was uh, several... A billion dollars in total. So, anyway, but you know, all good things. It's just that, just like at home, there's always good things that you need done at your house. But sometimes you have to slow it down a little. So we'll see uh, whether or not this, the legislature agrees that we have the funds adequate to to take care of all those things. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that that legislators are concerned about the federal issues, the inflation, and potentially slow down in the economy because that does impact future revenue coming into the state. So even though we could be in great shape right now, maybe not so, you know, a year from now. And what we have to pass this legislative session, in addition to all these other issues that come up, the most important thing is the two-year budget bill. And so uh, that's where a lot of debate will go on um, between, frankly, the governor, the House of Representatives, and the Senate. And hopefully by the end of April, Tom, we will come to agreement and, and uh, 
conclusion on on what really we have the funds for. So it's a it's an interesting time. Uh, the other thing I should share with you is I am in the process of of uh, scheduling the um, rural caucus meetings for this session of the legislature, and um, the rural caucus is something that one of the Democrat senators and I started uh, now going back probably 13 years ago. And what we do is we try every couple weeks to have a luncheon in the state house, actually, with speakers on various informational issues, um, not specific to a bill that we're going to debate, but just plain good, solid information on various uh, topics so that legislators, um, whether they represent a rural area uh, or maybe they're from an urban area, but they have a piece of a rural area from an adjacent county. And so what we do is we try to invite every one of the legislators, and out of the 150, we'll hope to have a goal of getting about 40 to actually attend the luncheons. But the um, information has proved quite beneficial to most members that do attend. And um, actually, I'm on the national uh, board for state agriculture and rural leaders and attended a, a conference right before session started, literally, uh, from like the, uh, I guess it was the 5th to the 8th of January, to discuss um, national agricultural and rural issues and how they could impact the state of Indiana. And so we try to bring back that information for other legislators that don't necessarily represent as large a rural area as I have. Many of your listeners already probably know this, but I represent all are parts of seven counties. So I take in a large geographic area because we have 92 counties in the state and we have 50 senators, but I have all our parts of seven counties. So it, um, it tells you that because the uh, Senate districts as well as the House districts are based on population, I have um, quite a, a large geographic area to cover. Uh, I believe that they estimate now that our Senate districts are, represent about 138,000 people. So anyway, it's all it makes it all very interesting because not everybody in each of my seven counties certainly thinks of the same on various issues. So it makes my job maybe a little bit more challenging to um, actually know what the majority of the people in the district think. We send out a constituent survey, and I hope anybody that hasn't returned there still does so, because uh, we really do tally those things and look at those survey results so that we have a better idea on um, tough issues where, where people really stand in our districts. And uh, believing probably to most people, legislators overall do really try to listen to what would seem to be the majority of the people they represent. So important things, Tom Snape. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, of course, um, as far as uh, people needing you uh, or wanting to get in contact with you uh, during the session to uh, uh, discuss a bill or any piece of legislation, how can they do so? I think the best way is for them to call the toll-free number 
at this point when we're in session, and that's 1-800-382-9467. That's 1-800-382-9467. And then just ask for uh, Senator Lysing's legislative assistant. Uh, her name happens to be Carolyn, but they, they'll know uh, who to connect to. And honestly, um, because I'm on six committees, as well as being involved in the, on the Senate floor in Senate session, I'm not at my desk where my phone is a lot, a big part of the day. So, but I can certainly get back with people if it's something that my legislative assistant can't just forward to me or solve if it's a, a state issue. All right. Well, very good. Well, State Senator Gene Lysing, as always, we appreciate your time and uh, continued uh, good luck to you and everybody at the State House as uh, you uh, get on into the budget and and uh, all the other uh, matters at hand. And uh, look forward to talking to you once again in the future. And thank you for covering the legislature for uh, your many listeners, because I think it's important for people to be engaged in their government.